Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. I'm Jonathan Hall. This episode, we speak with Ray Brescia, author of the new book, The Future of Change, How Technology Shapes Social Revolutions. Ray Brescia is the Honorable Harold R. Tyler Chair in Law and Technology and a professor of law at Albany Law School. Before, he was a lawyer and community organizer in New York City, working in Harlem, Washington Heights, the South Bronx, and Chinatown to promote housing rights, worker rights, and economic development. He has held positions at the Urban Justice Center, the New Haven Legal Assistance Association, and the Legal Aid Society of New York, where he was a Skadden Fellow, and as a law clerk to the Honorable Constance Baker Motley, United States District Court Judge. We spoke to Ray about how new means of communication have sparked social movements, the many social innovation moments found throughout history, and how social change activism can become more effective by learning from the social movement failures and successes of the past. Hello, Ray. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Well, nice to meet you electronically, and I want to give you a hearty congratulations on your new book, The Future of Change, How Technology Shapes Social Revolutions. So you have an interesting background. I'd like to hear about that and how that inspired you to write this book. Sure, thanks for the question. Uh, first off, I'm a lawyer. I, I teach law now at Albany Law School, but before joining the academy, I was a legal aid lawyer, uh, mostly working in New York City and representing low-income tenants and low-wage workers and learned a lot about social change in, uh, in that period, sort of about a 14 year period, working with uh, tenants associations, workers' rights groups, and um, tried to take some of those experiences and then meld them with my um, academic interests in studying social movements. Uh, so it really, the book really is a, is a marriage of that experience and the theory of social movements with, with a, a bit of a twist, which is recognizing the, the role of technology in social movements over U.S. history. Nice, nice. So one of the things that you focus on in the book is uh, social innovation moments. Explain that a little bit more. Sure. So uh, as I was researching the book, uh, the the real question for me came up uh, around the sort of beginning part of the 2010s when we were seeing um, the Occupy movement and the um, uprising in, uh, in Egypt and in other Middle Eastern countries. And a lot of people were asking, oh, you know, did, did Twitter create the Arab Spring or the Tea Party movement or the Occupy movement? Um, and a lot of the analysis was that I saw was uh, a, you know, just sort of asking this question standing alone uh, as if uh, social movements had never embraced communications technologies before. And so I started looking back uh, at uh, social, great social movements uh, in American history, uh, really starting with the American Revolution uh, and moving up straight through to uh, the Civil Rights Movement and then 
some of the groups that emerged after the civil rights movement uh, and saw at every stage that a new, really powerful and important uh, social movement arose in American history that it seemed to arise in tandem with a new communications technology. So, you know, the printing press really expanded after 1750 in the colonies. The steam-powered printing press emerged in the 1830s when the abolitionist movement was uh, arising. The telegraph uh, helped to uh, launch the women's rights movement. Uh, then you get the telephone and the transcontinental railroad and the progressive era, and then the radio and the New Deal and, and all the advocacy around the New Deal, and then the, the television and the civil rights movement. So I, I saw this connection and, and that's what I call social innovation moments. When a new technology comes on the scene whatever seems to be bubbling up at the time in terms of social change, successful social movements emerging at the time that these new communications technologies are you know, sort of coming online, um, when they embrace those technologies, they're able to advance social change in new and effective ways. And we're seeing that today, uh, when I think we're in another social innovation moment, with social media and Zoom and Slack and things like that. Interesting. So it's 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 a it's a, a fascinating parallel between technology revolutions and social revolutions, and they go hand in hand. Um, looking back in the past and now looking at the present and in the future, what are some lessons from the past that can be applied for more effective uh, social change? Uh, and and in second secondly, how do you hope your book will make an impact in the activist community? Well, uh, to the first question, uh, you know, I don't just look at technology. I try to ask in the book, are there other components of the social movements that emerge in social innovation moments? And I, I found several. Um, the first is they often form into what I call translocal groups, translocal networks, where there are opportunities for face-to-face -face meeting, meetings at the, at the grassroots level, but then those uh, pods, if you would, are connected to a larger network, um, whether it's regional, state-based, national, or all three. Um, so, so number one, in addition to advancing technology, advancing the use of technology, these social uh, groups and social movements in these social innovation moments have created grassroots networks that built on face-to-face -face interactions. Uh, and then they also embraced a positive humanizing message um, where they stressed shared humanity and shared destiny. Uh, whether it was the abolitionists or the civil rights movement. Um, it really was about, you know, seeing everyone as equal and that uh, we all benefited by advances in rights. Um, and so that, those three pieces, you know, utilizing technology, levering technology in effective ways, creating grassroots networks and embracing a positive, optimistic, 
unifying message. Um, and those, those seem to be uh, evident in each of these social innovation moments when these groups were able to um, really advance social change. Now, turning to your second question, um, you know, what kind of impact do I hope the book has? Well, I hope that, that activists, you know, professional and non-professional, people who just wanna change the world, uh, will take the lessons uh, from the book and try to, um, you know, use technology in effective ways, but also to build community and grassroots networks through positive unifying messages. Um, and, uh, and so that, that's the impact I, I hope to have uh, where uh, groups will and individuals will sort of use it a little bit, use the book a little bit as a playbook for trying to advance social change, whether it's a really local initiative. Um, I, I, I go into the book, a campaign in uh, California, a local campaign in Long Beach, to raise the minimum wage for hotel workers or something uh, uh, larger like the campaign for marriage equality. Um, so, you know, p movements large and small, I think, can learn some of the lessons of the book. Oh, that's great, that's great. Social revolutions are inherently controversial to the status quo, but within your book, what arguments do you have that you see as controversial? Well, you know, I, I use one of the things that I think might be somewhat controversial is I look at uh, the advances in communications technology in the late 60s, early 70s, um, and how those advances, I think, um, warped social movements a little bit. Uh, and what that advance was, was the ability to create a computerized mailing and so lots of groups arose in the wake of the civil rights movement. Um, you had now Legal Defense, you had Sierra Club Legal Defense, you had um, you know, Lambda Legal. So you had a lot of groups sort of looking at what the civil rights movement did and said, you know, we want some of that social change for us as well. Uh, but as many social movements have done in the past, they looked around, embraced the most modern communications technology available to them. And at the time, it was a computerized mailing list. And they utilized it to build their networks, really um, uh, moving away from that grassroots organizing that I talked about. And you know, some of the groups I highlight certainly did some grassroots organizing, but in the sort of early 70s and, and, and the decades following, a lot of social change advocacy was very professionalized. It did not involve um, you know, grassroots organizing um, and it wasn't of the, the same kind in terms of uh, the, the messages that people uh, advanced that the prior social movements uh, had utilized. So. Um, so, you know, I've, I'm critical of some of those groups and the ways that they tried to advance social change. They certainly have made advances, but I think uh, every people even in those movements would say they've not made the sort of change that they wanted and set out to, uh, to accomplish 
Uh, and, you know, I, I try to show that maybe it was the failure to use this grassroots organizing strategy and to um, uh, use a positive, um, harmonizing, optimistic message. So um, that may be what, what people don't like to, to, to hear, uh, but I hope they take it uh, in the spirit in which it is given, which is constructive criticism. And, and it's certainly possible for organizations to get back to a grassroots organizing style. And uh, I go into several instances in the book of contemporary movements that are embracing current technologies uh, to advance social change using these three components, the technology, the grassroots network, and the positive message. Hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, this, this short conversation has been a, a, a good summary or a, a good introduction to your work, looking at how communications technology, social movements, and social change are all interrelated. And your new book is an extremely helpful resource for activists worldwide, and we're very proud to be publishing it. Um, it is available now worldwide, most likely from online bookstores. It's going to be hard to go to your local bookstore to get it, but you can order it online. But I want to congratulate you again for writing this uh, excellent resource for activists. Oh, thank you very much. And it's an absolute privilege to be able to work with Cornell University Press on this. Oh, well, it's our pleasure, too. All right. Well, thank you, Ray. It was, it was great talking with you. You as well, Jonathan. Oh, you take care. You too. That was Ray Brescia, author of the new book, The Future of Change, How Technology Shapes Social Revolutions. Follow Ray on Twitter. His handle is at rbrescia. As a loyal listener to the podcast, we'd like to offer you a special 30% discount on his new book. To receive your discount, please go to cornellpress.cornell.edu and use the promo code 09POD. If you live in the UK, use the discount code CSAnnounce and visit the website combinedacademic.co.uk. Thank you for listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. Thank you.